Welcome to episode 632 of the PS Nation podcast. My name is Dave Hunt. I'm one of your hosts, and it sounds like I have a cold, and I don't know why, because I feel fine. And I'm joined by Michael Swick. I'm here. There are no crickets, or at least I don't think so. The Bearded Dragon ate all the crickets before recording this time. If there's one alive, I apologize. <laughs> so yes, that really was crickets you were hearing in the background, and that was at least one firework that went off, or one set of fireworks that went off during last week's episode. Yeah, one definite <laughs> audible one on a podcast. Uh, there were plenty going around in the background. Right. Uh, but yeah, those, those were actual crickets uh, that... We're in the process of being eaten by a bearded dragon. I hope everyone had a great holiday weekend in the U.S. at least. Um, And and I hope everyone had a great weekend. If you're not in the U.S. celebrating Independence Day, Uh, some of us had a longer holiday weekend. Not Michael or I, though, because we work in retail and holidays don't exist. Mm -mm, Yeah, (laughs) I I was, I think I had that Saturday off. That was it. Yeah. Uh, did you do anything special for July 4th? No, I didn't. I mean, I had a couple days, a, a string of days off of work, but, you know, just a, a bunch of other stuff going on just in general. With We went and saw my son right, about two and a half hour drive up north, so we saw him on Saturday. So, um, it's, And it doesn't really look like with us working or traveling, we missed much because it was a pretty boring week last week in general. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty slow week. It's a little bit around everywhere. Everyone's yeah. on holiday So that post-E3. Um, we appreciate you guys listening, subscribing. You can subscribe on any of the services that you use, Podcast Addict, Google Play, iTunes, all of those. If you're able to leave us a rating and a review, we would appreciate it. You can also stream the podcast on Spotify. Um, so we are officially on Spotify now, and you can also run that through your PlayStation if you want to. So while you're grinding some stuff out in, in games and MMOs or whatever you're doing, just you know you want to listen to us through your uh, PS4, you can do that. You can also just listen to the direct RSS feed. Um, on the on psnation.com and you can also stream on Stitcher so again if you're able to leave a review share the podcast we had a couple of people tweet this week about how much they like the podcast uh, if we can get a little bit more of that on the Facebook page and things like that we would appreciate it it helps us it helps you guys it helps us introduce everybody to new people it's not just us saying hey we think we're great it's other people saying that they think that we're slightly great so um, so any way that you can share that on social media we would appreciate um do you have any news? Um, so there's a lot of non-PlayStation related news. Uh, there was a one story that uh, we talked a little bit uh, before recording that uh, people are now just reporting a Wall Street Journal article where PS5 is apparently targeted towards hardcore gamers. But that should be a given. I feel like in this early hype stage for a new console, of course they would say it's focused on hardcore gamers. Uh, it's just weird how like news stories trickle out. A lot of people don't have subscriptions to the Wall Street Journal, so <laughs> those articles tend to trickle out very slowly until one website buys a subscription. Well, I think the the biggest question is what does Sony consider to be a hardcore gamer, or what have you, what are you as a listener consider to be a hardcore gamer? Everybody's like, oh, like look at Microsoft. That's you know what Microsoft has done lately with all the studios that they're buying. They're really focusing on the gamer. Like, but I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I still think that Sony owns more studios than Microsoft. They they might. I know it's that close number now. is closing in. Yeah, but you know. Uh, but the, pedi- my, the pedigree is there. Like, do you consider Uncharted to be the Uncharted series to be a franchise for hardcore gamers? Yeah, and I, I think that was definitely one of those things where uh, PS3, 
there was definitely the franchise's open sales numbers were never really there compared to Microsoft and Xbox 360, PS3 era. And now that's reversed where the, the PlayStation stuff actually sells really well with Uncharted breaking records and then God of War broke those records and then Spider-Man broke those records. Right. So we're going into the next generation uh, with Sony, at least game-wise, know what they're doing. And uh, they're a hardcore gamer pursuit that seems to be specifically on the tech end of things. Though Microsoft is also going at that same market because the specs are very close as everyone expects them to be, or at least from what we heard uh, with the Scarlet stuff in right. E3. Yeah. So I think that that's a huge factor. Is like I feel like they, and I don't want I don't want necessarily want to say like a casual market, but I think that you know between the two, what's going to separate it is the software. Like we've always talked about for years, it's who has better software. Yes, Microsoft has made tremendously large strides in acquiring studios that can make solid software. Now, can they make console selling software? That's still they used to be able to. Right, I'm talking about but... like Ninja Theory and all the some of the and you know Double Fine. Like I don't you know like over time, like Naughty Dog became a console selling studio, and Sony Santa Monica has become a console selling studio. Um, are the studios that Microsoft acquired console selling studios? We don't know yet. Like well, and then we won't know that answer for probably another five years. I think of all their acquisitions they made, Ninja Theory has the most potential. Absolutely. Uh, Because Obsidian kind of has been doing the same thing Obsidian's been doing for like 20 years, making like mid-level AAA RPGs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Compulsion Studios, I didn't really see much of We Happy Few because I heard so many mixed things about We Happy Few, so I'm not too sure about them. Double Fine kind of discard that niche market. Right. I think Ninja Theory has made some extraordinary things on a very limited budget. So mm-hmm. if Microsoft gives them a blank check to run, they probably have the most chance to turn into like the naughty dog of uh, Microsoft. Absolutely. But it's Absolutely. if Microsoft is patient and allows that to happen. I don't know if the Ninja Theory game that they announced at E3 is going to be that game. Right. Is that going to be like o- the Overwatch of 2021? You know? Yeah. Or will it... Rocket League was extremely successful, but it, like, is it gonna fall into like the rocket league term you know who knows how that's gonna go or is it just gonna disappear like any multiplayer game after six kinda months does yeah. yeah so yeah i mean it's a, i think that like some people like i brought it up because i'd heard it you know talked about on other things that i follow and pay attention to and and i think that that coming out and saying that word hardcore gamer is they're going after the player that is going to buy a new game every month whether they spend a significant amount of time on that game or not is different than and I don't want to, and I'll quote it before, like there was an article about Destiny Shadowkeep. They were talking to Luke Smith and Mark Noseworthy, and Mark Noseworthy actually had a quote in it that said, we are not chasing Joe Walmart anymore. That's pretty much exactly what he said of where they're not, they don't want, you know, he, he said there are people and there are gamers in the world that go out and buy a console and play Madden and GTA. Um, and he said in and that they're not they want to chase players that that want to marry the game and want to continuously you know get invested in the world and you know destiny 2 made that turn at the beginning of more towards a casual market and it worked technically on paper destiny 2 sold better than destiny 1 as at the base but i think there could be a lot to say that people feel that destiny 1 was a more successful game than destiny 2 but on paper it wasn't 
um, what happened later on the road changes everything. And it sounds like they would rather, you know, I'm just using round figures here, but maybe they'd rather sell 70% of what they sold of Destiny 2, but have it that be a much higher, higher engaged player base. Mm-hmm. than to sell, you know, 100% of your goal and only have a 40% involved player base. So I think that's, you know, where you're seeing a lot of the, you know, the games as a service and constantly lo- loading, logging in for something new, whether it's a seasonal event in Overwatch or a special event in Rainbow Six or even like an April Fool's event, games that have the ability to to do that. I would love to see like an Uncharted multiplayer or a Last of Us multiplayer that had you know, a reason for me to log in six months later to play something that's new, whether it's a new map or a special mode that they brought out because it's, you know, the 4th of July weekend or it's Labor Day or it's Halloween. Yeah, I think that's what helps game like Overwatch. Overwatch releases a new map like every three to six months almost. Mm -hmm. And that's enough to go as opposed to the old system, which we're seeing now, like Call of Duty won't have a season pass. Battlefield didn't have a season pass where you don't just drop three or four maps at one time. You just stretch that you out them. to get, yeah. yeah. That that just makes more sense now, uh, and like the idea of like the Destiny guy saying, you know, we're not selling to Walmart anymore. You know, like the average Walmart consumer makes sense because, the, yes, they can get the sixty dollars right there and then, and that's great. But there's so much more money in that long-term player, the player that's going to stick around for mm. a year or two. Of just even if you even if the buy in's only thirty or you know in case of some games free to play you mm-hmm. get that tail end and get money six months six months from now as opposed to get the money up front and you're just like okay how do we keep this going right uh, and people most of the like average you know like casual consumer maybe two weeks they'll play it mm-hmm. you know which is why you don't see uh for a while I don't know if you're still like this or me. A lot of times when a game's brand new, we either buy it or we, or when a game comes out, we either play it the week it comes out. Yeah, that day. That day. Or three months later. <laughs> yeah, but it's rare, though, that you do pick up a game like three to six months later. Mm-hmm. Unless it's uh, gone, like, I, unless it's one that I wanted and it's gone on sale fast. Yeah, but it, but it's rare that it's like, oh, man, that art, that uh, indie game that came out three months ago, I'm going to pick it up now. It's right. it's We move too much on to the next thing. And that's a problem a lot of gamers have is just they want the latest, newest thing. And it's about, like, the lawn game now. Mm-hmm. So it, it's important for for developers to, like, figure out the lawn game. Yeah. Uh, just because that's where, th- that's where the money is now. And also it keeps a lot of these independent studios afloat past the game coming out right yeah so i mean i think that it'll be very interesting um to see like sony has to you know we're in the i mean i know we talked about it at e3 a lot too like sony they, they need to come out publicly on a stage or on a stream that's not a bunch of trailers and stuff like that somebody need, whether they put cerny on stage or they put somebody else on stage at a presentation and say here you know they got to start showing some stuff so mm-hmm they they need to do some dreams streams where they're just showing the hardware of PS5 yeah. or some some weird thing, uh, but yeah they need to get Cerny on stage. I, I will still call Cerny the Bob Ross of video games. <laughs> just put him on stage, let him explain the hardware. Basically, what he did with uh, Wired and explain the hardware a little bit would do wonders for them. Absolutely, I'm still wondering when the next state of play is coming. I, I we probably would get one before the end of the summer. Yeah. At least to give us some more release dates on stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, news-wise, they're, it's just pretty much like there's a lot of stuff coming out uh, about 
GT uh, G2A, which is a it's a PC issue, but a lot mm-hmm. of controversy over stolen keys and st- stuff that console gamers don't really have to worry about that PC gamers have to worry about. Um, and then of course there's uh, the Shenmue Three controversy. I don't know if you heard too much about not Shenmue a 3. little bit, but uh, not directly PlayStation related. But Shenmue Three when they did their Kickstarter, it was. When you backed it, it's like, do you want a PS4 game or a PS4 copy, or do you want a PC copy through Steam? And then this week they announced, oh, actually, it's going to be through the Epic Game Store for PC. You'll get an Epic Game code, and (laughs) people that backed it were very pissed because there was people very dedicated to the Steam Store. Which I still don't understand. I don't care. I have a gaming PC. Yeah, I have store, Origin, like it's, Steam. It's, that's, like, that's, it's getting into the same conversation of like you, I you know like I'm not going to go to GameStop to buy the game because I don't like GameStop. But then GameStop sells something really cool that you like, and you're like, I'm still not going to buy it. And then you end up buying it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I I don't like monopolies. So like the idea that Epic Store is around makes me happy because it means steam will be competitive it does suck though because they kind of did false advertise from kickstarter Mm -hmm. Uh, but it looks like if you want to get your steam copy you have to wait a year after the game comes out to get your steam copy that you kickstarted or you can get refunded Jeez. so uh or you just download the epic game store which is a horrible store right now because i think they released it way too early but if, if you really want Shenmue 3 on PC, that, that that's going to be your route, at least for a year. And, and eventually, like, anybody can be mad at Epic that they want to be. Like, that's, that's your absolute, you know, you're right and things like that. But where's the pressure on Steam to counter this? Like, right? Like, like, what, like Steam dro- is so big. Drop your rates a little bit. Like, obviously, it's got to start to be effective. I mean, I, I know that they're big, but, like, the Borderlands thing. Like, every other game we're hearing about that's coming on PC is going to epic and it's it's because of the the markup ratio that they're getting like the companies are getting more money in their pocket it was kind of you know similar to what we talked about before with you know publishers and stuff like that like these companies are trying to figure out a way to make more money and one of the ways is like i you know i get 40 percent of the sales from this place or i get 15 percent of the sales from this place where are you like mm-hmm. any smart business person is going to go there like yeah and it's funny because uh tim sweeney um said back in april he will they will uh, tim sweeney's uh, the ceo of epic said they would stop eating up exclusives if valve changed their revenue model and that was back in april mm-hmm. and epic is still eating up you know exclusivity deals with games which means steam is just hasn't cared to change their revenue model so we're gonna see, keep seeing this going this this is the type of thing that i'm just kind of glad i'm a console gamer mm-hmm. primarily just because i don't have to worry about this though it doesn't really bother me having multiple stores on my computer yeah but uh, i mean like but, at a certain point in time like if you're like let's say you're a Fortnite player a destiny player and uh, a borderlands player you know like y- you would be you know you don't in order like we talk about you know how annoying it is to switch discs and things like that like you have to close out your player like whether you're on BattleNet or you're on steam or you're on epic you get there you know and you know, versus just gonna you know, kind of going back and forth. Obviously, the PCs can handle it, you know. But yeah, well, it's like, like I have you play for Assassin's Creed. I have Steam for pretty much everything else. I'm running the Microsoft uh, Play Store or the Microsoft App Store for Xbox Game Pass, Overwatch for Blizznet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and Origin for Battlefield, though I haven't loaded Origin in a while. I have to run all those apps, the the which is kind of annoying that I have everything kind of everywhere. And like I like having a condensed PlayStation Store experience, though that's mm-hmm. that you know, kind like, of monopoly. That runs like garbage. We'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, dude. Uh, so I like having a condensed thing on the console. Uh, but like having my money everywhere, like I don't think I have to worry about PlayStation going away. I don't think I have to worry about Steam going away, but who knows? Epic Games might get bored of their store. You uh, play might just condense into something else, especially if they partner up with Stadia more. Who knows? You know, like all these different little stores, how long they'll last. So I think that's where p- some people worry they want to just put their stock into Steam um, mm-hmm. or to stick the console, which looks more and more uh, appealing as I download more and more launchers to my store <laughs> or to, to my system. But an SSD fixes most of those issues. Yeah. And I'm also surprised that, you know, I'm surprised that somebody hasn't created like a universal launcher. Does it, you know, similar to how some of these apps work that let you like post to Facebook and Twitter at the same time. Uh, Discord tried doing that, but then they launched their own store as well. Yeah. Discord put like a way to like uh, access like type some in, of the stores. You know, open Battlefield or whatever, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, they tried to do that, but I don't think they have enough stuff happening but right uh, enough uh, pc talk <laughs> yeah and then other news uh cuphead is getting a netflix animated series that's pretty cool and but apparently batman's all the batman arkham games except for origin are coming again to playstation 4 and xbox one in europe only is it yeah it's a europe only thing as far as i i because I, I was looking at that earlier and i was very confused i thought maybe rocksteady out of nowhere announced something new yeah, but I was like, are yeah. these games, like Arkham Knight already came out on the PS4, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum came out on the PS4 in a bundled package. Yeah, the, the and that bundle package is actually on sale this like week for bucks. like $9, yeah, $8. If you, if you haven't played any of the Arkham games, and that's that's well worth $8. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, it kind of starts at a high and then descends, descends yeah, yeah. a little bit. But it tells but a cool story. Still... If you like Batman and you like, you know, like um, third person open world style mechanics and stuff like that, like they're great. But eight dollars alone for the first game yeah. is fantastic. I think it's only the first two games it is. Uh, in that yeah, bundle. Because apparently Rocksteady just doesn't think Origins exist at all. No, not Origins, but Arkham Knight isn't in that. But or yeah, no one thinks Origin right. exists. But Arkham Knight is in this package that's coming in Europe, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. the European package is all three games. I was talking about the one in the US store that's on sale right now right. for like eight dollars because yeah. it was the retro sale. Right. That's just Arkham City and Asylum. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I've been, I'm kind of tempted to because I haven't played Asylum in a while, but I don't really have time for games. So <laughs> I heard they're pretty good on PS4. So I enjoyed yeah. them on PS3. And I have Arkham Knight. I remember I bought Arkham Knight. I, I still remember this, and I don't know why. It showed up as like a price error, like on Black Friday or on Thanksgiving. And I was like laying in bed at like one o'clock in the morning, and like Wario was tweeting like he does because the man never sleeps. Um, Wario owes me money. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think I, you know, rolled over because my wife has the like the one click thing on Amazon. I'm like, here, buy this. And she's like, what is it? I go, I just buy it. And I go, it'll probably get canceled overnight. It was like Arkham Knight Complete Edition for like $3 or something like that. And it didn't get canceled, and I barely played it, but. That'll be maybe something I play over the summer. But, you won't. Yeah, probably not. So. All right. Uh, so that was a little bit of a roundabout news. Uh, on, and then on top of that, the new releases are just as light. So uh, new releases for the week of July 16th is Harvest Moon Light of Hope Standard Edition Complete. $29.99 E for everyone. It's a Harvest Moon game. If You should know what those are. If you're into those, mm-hmm. that's probably a great collection to get. And if you're not, don't worry about it. You don't have to buy a game this week. <laughs> 
you get the retro sale is yeah. where you should go. <laughs> um, if you are going to hit up the retro sale and things like that, if you want to do stuff like that, you can um, go to Amazon.com through PSNation.com. Click on the affiliate links page. Buy a couple PSN cars on Amazon if they still have them. I don't know if they don't. Um, and then you can you know buy those cards with our Amazon affiliate link. We get a commission. You can buy your digital games on PSN that way. I think you can buy you know maybe in a Visa gift card or however it works to to get some ability to put some funds on your account for PSN. We'd appreciate it. There's a ton of lists of affiliation links that we have. Um, on um, psnation.com on the affiliate links page. Uh, Prime Day is Monday and Tuesday, which is Amazon's yep. yeah Amazon's Black Friday in the summer deal. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But maybe load up PS Nation's Amazon affiliate link uh, when you're browsing for Prime Day. Yeah, and from a gaming deals. standpoint, it hasn't ever really been what I think is like amazing. But there has been there's some, usually one or two. Yeah, years. but there always has been. Amazon sells tons of stuff, as we all know. There's always been a couple of cool things on there. So just please remember to use our affiliate links if you're doing that. And they've been teasing a bunch of stuff. Um, and I'll just kind of group right into it now. Um, they've been teasing a bunch of stuff about Twitch Prime as well. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have Amazon Prime, link it to a Twitch account. If you don't have a Twitch account, just make one. It's free. Um, and then with that Twitch account, you get a free sub that you can use on a, an, any Twitch streamer that you want that has an affiliation or is a partner streamer. Uh, we are an affiliated streamer, so if you want to use that, then on us, then we would greatly appreciate that. It helps to support us, and it's free for you to support us that way, and we get um, we actually get money from Twitch for that, and that's been very good for us over the last couple of months. So if you could take the time to either create a Twitch account, link it with your Amazon Prime, or if you've already linked your Amazon Prime and Twitch accounts together, just check to make sure you're still subbed to us. Um, and if you're not if you could hit the sub button we'd appreciate it and if you are using that sub on somebody else awesome that you're using those resources to support people trying to create content um, you can also go to Zazzle, zazzle.com slash psnation where you can order a bunch of different items for us uh, for uh, PlayStation Nation merchandise, uh, cats, cups, mugs, all that stuff. Video services, just like I talked about, twitch.tv slash psnation. And then also uh, youtube.com slash psnation. If you could dr- give us a, a subscription on YouTube, that helps as well. We post things there periodically. Um, and I did not see any reviews that hit our site this week. Did you see any reviews that hit the site? No, no, nothing's hit. Okay. Uh, I believe our editor is on vacation, yeah. so hopefully totally there'll be a there'll be a bunch next week. Yeah. All right. Uh, what we're playing and watching? Did you want to go first? Uh, no, you should go first because I have a review. Oh, after that's mine. right. Okay. All right. I'm just pulling up something that a listener sent me. So just give me a second. All okay. right. So um, Safania Bellot sent me a code, and he asked me to give it away on the podcast. This is for. Game uh, Inner Space, The Bard's Tale, and Grim Fandango. So three games. Um, and it's going to be a first come, first serve. So the code is BXA2LFN444CK. And I'm not going to repeat it. You can just rewind it if you need to. So. <laughs> um, go ahead and tweet at us or put it on Facebook if you got that code. And... I will make sure that I let him know. So thank you so much. I'm sure I'm butchering your name. Um, Safania. Um, he is also somebody that uh, messaged me and said that he heard at the end of the last week's podcast. <laughs> That's what started the conversation on our Twitter. So. Oh, okay. Um, 
so playing and watching, I played a, a little bit more Destiny again. They released a bunch of new stuff this week. Um, I played it and streamed it today, but and, you know, there's a bunch of cool stuff going on for the end of the year, end of the season stuff, Moments of Triumph and Tribute Hall. They've done a really good job of stretching the annual pass out, but it's neither here nor there. Um, so this started last week when the next thing that I played, and I'll talk about the PS Store and everything too. This started last week when I was playing uh, Star Trek Online with Glenn and Sean of where Johnny is a boy got into the you know Twitch chat and, and the party chat and was talking to me and he's like you're playing an MMO I'm like yeah we're doing the code giveaway I'm trying to give it a shot because they've always intrigued me and from an MMO standpoint of you know like everybody's like oh you like Destiny you should like this or you like you know looter games and grinding games and things you kind of do the same thing over and over again you probably would really like MMOs and you know the barrier of entry for MMOs is always very intimidating um, but you know, Johnny, he's a good, good friend of mine. I've played games with him for years. And he said, if you're going to get into an MMO and you really want to, you know, dive into an MMO, you should play Final Fantasy 14. So I started looking into it. Um, and the first thing that, you know, struck me is, so they just brought out, uh, a new expansion, Shadowkeeper, not Shadowbringers. Sorry. I get that. Um, and that just came out and apparently like their player population is like an all time high. Supposed to be really good, yeah. Uh, DLC, yeah. So I started looking at the store and stuff like that. And you can buy like the complete edition, which is fifty nine ninety nine, which includes everything that you need, including Shadow uh, Shadowbringers. Um, and it costs fifty nine ninety nine, and then it costs like I think thirteen dollars a month to continue to play this game. Mm-hmm. So it is a monthly subscription, and I'm not opposed to that. Like uh, that's not something that I'm opposed to. But uh, my concern is the st- the the stress level of paying a monthly subscription and you know, not playing like I get busy or, you know, or I forget that I have it or a new game comes out or something I have to review. And and I know you can just pay for a month and then, you know, not pay for two months and then pay for one and it turns back on and you can just kind of turn it on and off as you please. There's no contract. There's no minimum expectation, no 90 day thing or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But the stress in my mind of it's, you know, it's July 7th or whatever day it is. And I paid the 1299 and now it's July 27th and I've only played like three hours like this month. Like, like that would bother me a little bit. Um, but obviously I would just have to set aside time to do it. And if I'm enjoying the game, I don't mind, you know, giving, you know, content similar to like how you, you know, said that like you, you, when you bought the season pass for apex, it was kind of like tipping the developer. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now there is a, um, a trial for the game that you can play up to level 35 for free as, as many times as you want, as many characters as you want. You just create a new character and, and play to level 35. So the other Cat day, girl? I'm sorry. Cat girl. No, I don't even remember what I picked. Like, like I'm really bad at that. I know I picked like a lancer, and like mm-hmm. I, I know I think I did something with goblin earth. You know, Johnny was on the stream with me and kind of walking me through it, just trying to get me. You know, to, I played it for about five hours or six hours. I think I'm at like level seven or eight. Um, the first thing that that's frustrating is finding it on the PlayStation Store was virtually impossible. Um, really? Yeah. Like I actually had to go on to like the phone on my, uh, on my uh, the store on my phone and search Final Fantasy. The search functionality looked worked better on the on on the phone than it did on anything else that I've used. Um, and then I was able to add it to the cart, and then I was able to download it. And it was um, Final Fantasy: A Realm Reborn. And then you sign in, you have to create your Square Enix uh, your Square Enix account, and, and link the, link the account to your PSN account. Yeah. Pick a server, and then you know you're finding out all this other stuff about. Oh, be careful which server you pick, because if you pick the wrong server, then you can't play with your friends. Um, yeah, and you have to buy your way out of the server. Correct. Still? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Twenty dollars. Yeah, I, I had I did the same thing. Me and Sarah. Try to play the game last year, 
joined one server that we were told was a good server to join. And then one of my friends was like, hey, I want to play with you. You guys picked the wrong server. And it's like, well, we're not paying $20. Yeah, there's two each. of us on this server. You're on the other one. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the it, it actually has a pretty good, you know, um, pretty good t- t- tutorial based system. Lots and lots of info on the screen, like lots of info on the screen, like almost overwhelming yeah. in terms of like your map and your quests. I hated the map. Yeah, your quest, and then you can bring up the different map, and then the little chat box at the bottom. I found out, you know, talking to Wyatt, that you know, like PlayStation. We talked about this a little bit before with peripherals and things like that. Like this actually has direct keep mouse and keyboard support as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you can do like you know your text chatting and stuff like that if you want to. Um, you know, using the touchpad to turn your cursor on to move around the menus and set up hotkeys and stuff like that. Um, lots and lots of reading in the game too. Like none of that really bothers me, but some of the stuff sounds like it would be really cool conversations that I would love to see voice acted in terms of like mm-hmm. the beginning and how everything worked. And I didn't know that like Final Fantasy fourteen, like when it first came out, was only like on PC and it like hit with like a thud. It was like terrible. So yeah, it bombed really bad. There's actually a really I mentioned this documentary maker a lot but no clip Danny O'Dwyer yeah. did a fantastic Final Fantasy uh, document uh, document uh, documentary on the game where he actually talked to the developers and they talked about like how bad it was and how they knew they had to kill the game and that's and what they did it. like you know like uh, mm-hmm. so there's a guy uh, DK Shadow he's he, I, I think he works for Team 17 um, but he's been following us for years and listening to the podcast he was on the stream and he lives in Europe he was telling me about it like the little meteor thing that goes off in the beginning of the game like they literally like blew up their world and yeah that was the it, realm it was reborn, actually so. mm-hmm, that, that it was actually like a pretty cool concept to kill a bad game <laughs> pretty much yeah. but yeah th- look up the no clip documentary because it's the first time that i've really seen like japanese developers really talk about like their failure in development and how they thought about redoing everything because it's yeah. rare that you know like, you, you get that type of access to like a uh, square enix uh but right. that's definitely something to look into i think it's about like 45 minutes or an hour yeah. um but I mean, I enjoyed what I was playing. I see the, you know, I see the the grind, and I see the potential, and the customization, and the weapons, and things like that. So if you're at all on the fence about, you know, an MMO or anything like that, um, it's a pain in the ass to find it. But find the free trial, link your account, so you can play to 35. You can go back and make another character and figure out who you like. If you're, you know, five or six levels in and you're not enjoying it, and, you know, things like that, like you can go back and and do some things. Um, lots of I'm not sure if I'm loving the attack method now. I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of games that you have to like hold down a button and then press another button at the same time. You have to hold down like R2 and then hit square or circle or triangle to attack and things like that. That's a little annoying. Um, but again, it would be obviously be something I would get used to and things like that. When you get to level 15, I think that's when you can actually start doing like quests and and co-op you know activities with everybody else as long as they're on the same server as you and then signing into certain servers like there's special servers that had xp boost and stuff like that those are all full and they're like nope you can't get in and i'm like yeah there's a my queue, friend is right? there and i want to like like that's dumb like you got to figure something out because I, I almost like wonder... i almost that even with the demo i almost was like okay i'm done because i tried like three worlds and it wouldn't let me like join the world and i'm like this is annoying yeah i always wonder if some of that is just like trying you know that scarcity thing of like oh no we're so popular right now we can't fit people yeah but that was that almost in that in that instance it almost turned me away it didn't make me want to play the game more mm-hmm. 
you know, I was like, this is annoying that I have to keep like clicking it or spamming it or, you know, trying to get it to work. Like, this is dumb. Yeah. Um, but overall, I'm, I was having a good time. I will play some more of it. Uh, Johnny is a boy is nuts and he's like re-rolled like two characters for people to be on different servers and things like that. <laughs> so, um, and then, like I said, like I mentioned last week, like if you're, you know, it's a, it's a, I, I really think it's a good time for people to be playing Destiny. I know I've been streaming it a lot and things like that. I'm really having a good time with it. Um, watching, uh, as I, I was messing with Michael on Twitter, I watched, uh, I think it's called Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. The movie has some pacing issues. I, what I don't understand... Um, In an Adam Sandler movie? Pacing yeah, issues? Yeah, what? Um, my wife's like, I heard it's really bad. And I was like... I so and i was like well i thought they like i thought i saw something that if this movie would have came out like in the movie theaters like on a weekend it would have competed and could have won a box office for the weekend is what they were saying yeah if people were willing to pay for it right because it was streamed by a bunch of people but i always anytime netflix tells us it's like you know how easy it is to hit play as opposed to going to the theater right. to see an Adam like, Sandler like movie. me, like you said it all the time too. Like you put something on Netflix, just like I know this is going to be bad, but I just I got an hour and a half to kill. So like this is mm-hmm. I got to see how bad this is, or I got to see, you know, if this is funny. Now, like in the movie, like it's an Adam Sandler movie, so there is, you know, there are some just straight up funny moments that are in the movie, like as you, you know, just ridiculous things that happen, you know, that make you laugh and stuff like that. Um, what I don't understand, and this is like he signed a huge deal with Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. How is? I, I guess I'm more curious. Like, do you know anybody that's subscribing to Netflix because of the Adam Sandler deal? So there, I think his movie. There was like 37 or 30.7 million accounts watched his movie. So there has to be. Okay. Like when you have that many different accounts watching it, it has to be some people that are just die. Every terrible thing has diehard fans. Right. Well, the the biggest thing that I remember hearing, and, and and I'm not a fan of his either, but like when Howard Stern made the move off of publicly broadcasted radio to XM Sirius or to satellite radio, they said that that week that he made the official move, like their subscription base went up like hundreds of percentages mm-hmm. when he made that move because they made the move because that was the only place to 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 listen to Howard Stern, and then obviously like this is the only place to watch these Adam Sandler movies and things like that. Um, so I was just always curious, like when, like back, you know, a couple years ago when like House of Cards was like really popular and stuff like that. To, you know, like I could see that, like I could see House of Cards as a before Kevin Spacey went crazy. Um, I could, <laughs> I could see House of Cards being, like we talked about console sellers, like House of Cards being a Netflix seller. People would mm-hmm. buy Netflix or get a month of Netflix and watch House of Cards and then not renew their subscription. Um, yeah, especially when House of Cards came out, that was what, like five, six years ago? Right. Now I feel, I don't know anyone who doesn't have a Netflix subscription. Right. So I, yeah, but that, I just, I just like, I always, I'm always curious, dude, does Stranger Things being announced, Stranger Things 3 being announced, make people re-up their Netflix subscription? I, I kind of putting uh, Netflix in the same range of Coca-Cola to where it's just like, there's so many people that drink Coca-Cola they just walk into the, the gas hell? station, pick up their bottle of Coke and their bag of chips and walk out like it's normal. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's just like, how does Coca-Cola continue to have increased sales? You know, it's like the population's going down. Right. Coca-Cola sales are on a yeah. rise. And it, it's just always baffled thing. me. I mean, I know that you and I have talked about analyticals and stuff like that. Like, I'm always curious. Like, you know, we talked about, like, how does, you know, how do game developers make money off PS Plus? Like, how is Microsoft making money off the Games Pass? Like, how does Netflix 
profiting off of this Adam Sandler thing when it's like, okay, here's your money. And obviously, like, they have to make, he's making content for them so they can advertise new content. Yeah. yeah. He, he's either, he's definitely getting them new subscribers and also the, the dirty secret with all these subscription services, that sweet, sweet data. Yeah. yeah. That priceless data that they have. Because yeah. Netflix was putting out that scary. So Netflix has been canceling shows after the second season. And apparently it's because their data shows that people stop watching after the second season for a lot of shows. So they've just been, and after season two, show creators tend to ask for more money. So right. Netflix's whole policy now, two season shows uh, going forward. And <laughs> you hear about that and that's how they're making their money is they're getting people to subscribe, but then they're also fine tuning the content down to the minute and length to optimize everything they can and it's a hell of a lot cheaper than renting friends which they (laughs) they paid a hundred million dollars for yeah Uh, and that's going to hbo max which was announced today (laughs) i i can't subscribe to any more services yeah um and then the last couple things that i watched is i like um i'm a big baseball nut i watched the home run derby last night it was really cool actually like one of the guys hit like 67 home runs like in a three-hour period so yeah i wanted to watch it but i was vladimir guerrero jr looks just like his dad just fatter um (laughs) (laughs) and he's he's a rookie this year and um he played really you know he he was doing really good but his batting stance and everything like that that's just like watching his dad um it's in cleveland um and then like the celebrity softball game was on you know like um i popped a hamstring uh playing softball the other day so i was kind of like laid up in bed for a little while and then trying to play video games and stuff today and sitting in the chair was kind of hurt my leg a little bit but as michael said yes i'm getting older but i did pop a hamstring so i'm a little hobbled right now so nothing doesn't no tears nothing like that apparently so it's the first time i've ever like was running down first baseline and it happened and i'm like okay i'm not playing anymore i'm not going in the field <laughs> it's like but uh, that's that's pretty much my week. So, yeah, uh, gaming for me. Uh, I've been going through the Sinking City. Still didn't finish the game. Starting to see what people are having issues with. Did the game just the pace just never really picks up, especially towards the end. I had, I had to do a couple missions where I basically had to take a, a rowboat or a motorboat uh, across town, and it was a really long ride. And streets are cut off, so I was constantly having to, like, pull up the map, and the game would freeze up every time I was pulling up the map, because I was pulling it up frequent enough, because I'm like, oh, I gotta cross at Jackson, and there's no there's no mini-map. I have to, like, pull up the map, so I'm just, like, constantly pulling the map up, and then going back to the game, and the game was just struggling every time I did that. The more You think that's, I like, a that. RAM issue or a caching issue? Like, is that back to, like, a Skyrim PS3 issue thing? It, it might be. It just it just seems kind of poorly optimized, especially as you have to rely on those mechanics. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple missions where I'm just like pulling up my, you know, hit the touchpad to get the map or to get my case files. And the more frequent I have to do bounce between the two from in-game world to that. Right. The game is just struggling to keep up with it. And it's just like, oh, okay. And then, and then the combat being bad uh, doesn't yeah, help. Yeah. It, 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 it always interests me, though, when you're like two hours into a game and the uh, a mechanic or a thing you do, like pulling the map up or opening the menus, is fine. And then eight hours into the game, it's not fine. Yeah. it's And I, I can't tell if it's just the frequency that it's having me do everything is the problem. Uh, 
uh, maybe I'm just playing it wrong and I need a notepad with me just so I don't have to pull up the menu enough to sort of take some notes. Uh, but I'm still getting through that. Uh, finish my placements for Overwatch. Uh, I'm, I'm in platinum right now, low platinum, but I'm happy I didn't place me in gold. But now I'm having to do that dance of like staying in platinum, not falling out of platinum and staying the hell away from gold. Uh-huh. Uh, Apex Season 2, still going through that. Played a couple more matches. Uh, they fixed the Mozambique gun by adding like a new hopper attachment to it that makes it less trash uh i i'm I, i'm not as in love with the game as i was before i almost feel like i need to pick up the season pass or the battle pass just because they altered that enough and maybe that will keep me motivated to play uh because the battle pass last season kind of made me not want to play right and this season they tweaked it and i'm kind of curious about that and it's like mm, should i just spend the ten dollars to see if it'll keep me interested because i still like the mechanics of the game just my motivation for playing it just isn't there uh, especially i got the overwatch bug again which i had no idea how that happened yeah it's because it's just a com- it's like your favorite tv show man you just start playing mm-hmm. it and you forgot how much fun it was and it's just a, it's a comfort level so yeah i i think i just like going to bed angry when you know <laughs> i don't go to bed angry when character. i get done playing destiny so yeah but you're not really doing pvp <laughs> uh, stuff or when you do it's not as frustrating because I feel like in Destiny PvP, you can you can hero your way through a match. You can yeah. have one guy change like the whole. Yeah, it's possible. It's not as practical. I know Overwatch is very much team based, and mm-hmm. you know, when when you get when crappy you get teammates mean crappy you. losses. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing like getting gold in every category, and then still getting someone to DM you saying like you suck. Oh, and yeah. It's just like. Oh, okay, cool. I should play uh, that. I did get some hate mail in, in Destiny once when uh, for playing P- uh, competitive PvP once, and the guy actually sent it in the form of a PSN message voicemail. Oh, really? Yes. You should play that on the show one day. Yeah, I could find it on my phone, but it it was pretty funny. Um, it was at the point where like I had gotten past multiple steps, and I had to get like solar kills or something like that. And mm-hmm. so I was like, just literally like taking a shotgun that was solar based and running into things and just hoping I killed them. If I didn't kill them, I didn't kill them. <laughs> and this guy's like, you should not be playing in competitive, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, whoa, dude. Like, <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even care. But I was just like, no, wow. Yeah. Like, uh, do you feel but... that obligated to send hate mail? Do you get that? Like, do you get people sending you mail in Overwatch? Uh, Not as frequent as it used to be. Most of the people I see, I think, have calmed down just because they added the whole avoid teammate stuff. Right. They added reporting in-game. Still get it every once in a while. Sometimes I'll get it when I pick my main, and it turns out to be the main of another person, and then they message, like, get off that character, I'm better at that character, and I look <laughs> at their profile, and I'm like, not really, and just mute the team. Right. Uh, so, so most of the, the hate mail that I will get is someone be like, oh, can you not pick that character? That's my main. It's just like, you should really be good at multiple characters in this game. We're season 16. For this exact reason. Yeah, it's like, you should, you should uh, be able to jump around different characters. Um, then, so that's it for PS4 uh, games. Uh, I did try Dr. Mario World on my phone today. I, I downloaded that today. Um, I didn't, what did you get, think? I didn't really get past the tutorial part. I was like, I, just trying to kill time with something like, I think Owen's been a little under the weather as well. So he's been watching TV and when he watches TV, he 
controls the television as a three-year-old. So, <laughs> so it's like trying to find stuff on my phone to do because then he, if you get up to leave the room, he's like, you, you need to stay here with me. Nobody, somebody needs to watch me. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Octonauts anymore. <laughs> uh, so I played Dr. Mario and I'm not liking it. It took a while just for it to load up. I guess maybe it does some sort of online authentication and they were just getting hammered this morning. Yeah. But it took a while to get into a flow and the game holds your hand so much throughout the game to where I did like six or seven worlds and I'm like, this is still too easy. Please let me just play Dr. Mario. Because right. it was basically like just setting going, me up. The stuff's, like, cause Dr. Mario used to be like kind of like a Tetris clone, if I remember right, correct? Mm-hmm. And I feel like what I saw so far in the tutorial is the stuff goes from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen. Yeah, and but so far in like the first seven levels, they literally give you the pill that you need to solve the puzzle in the position that you need it in. Yeah. And there's no challenge in it to where I spent like the first 15 minutes just like flicking my, my finger up just to Make finish the faster. puzzle. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, I, I want a challenge and I'm sure it gets there later, especially as the microtransaction stuff comes in because uh, someone showed a screenshot of all the microtransaction opportunities and was like, oh, fantastic. Uh, but Nintendo, you can tell they're still learning how to do mobile games. Well, and a lot uh, of Nintendo games, that, that's always been problems with Nintendo games, too, is that the people feel like that they hold your hand too long anyways. Whether it's a Zelda game or a Mario game or, like, the tutorials are just too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to still go through it just because, you know, I have a, like, 30-minute bus ride every morning. So I've been playing Pixel Chunks Monster, so I'll try Dr. Mario or I'll start taking my Switch. Who knows? I Except I don't feel comfortable on chicago public transit with my switch so probably won't <laughs> be doing that uh for for watching um i reaped my giant bomb video subscription so i've just been watching a lot of their weird stuff they do like demo derby where they uh basically just replay all the old demo discs for ps1 and ps2 oh wow uh i forgot how many of them came with like videos like developer diary type videos or like weird sketches and stuff so watching watching all their demo derby stuff for the last like year or two because uh, i subscribed to them maybe like three years ago uh really addicted to defunct land it's a youtube channel uh they have uh jim henson specials that they've been doing like following his entire career from the muppet show muppet babies fraggle rock and I forgot what the last one they just did. Oh, and like Sesame Street. So it's like 30 minute document, uh, like just documenting his life and just going through uh, different aspects of his career. And it's been really fascinating. I, I love Jim Henson. Just, I mean, grew up on all, all of Jim Henson's stuff. Uh, right. So going through that to seeing like his creative processes and like the struggles he had, trying to convince people to make the Muppet show and how. He tried to get the Muppet Show made. That didn't work out. So then he made Sesame Street. Like Sesame Street was his fall, his fallback, <laughs> which is just crazy to think about. And then when Sesame Street took off, then he tried again with the Muppet Show. But then people were like, mm, it's too kid show like that Sesame Street thing. And then he had to convince people otherwise. And then how he tried to do like uh, the Dark Crystal, uh, which I think is getting a Nintendo Switch game now. They announced at E3 and then... I think they're going to get into Labyrinth next, the David Bowie movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's been like a weekly thing. I think there's about four or five 
half hour documentaries on Jim Henson's different parts of his career. And oh, I think it's going to end on his death, which is like super sad because Big Bird scenes a song at his funeral. Depression is about to set in when they get to Jim Henson's funeral stuff because man, that stuff is is uh, tough to tough to watch. Right. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, WWE is doing Extreme Rules this Sunday, uh, so I figured I'd mention it this time. I record a uh, monthly. WWE uh, preview for the pay-per-views with a podcast too young to be this old. So instead of mentioning the preview after everything's done, I'm mentioning the preview now. Uh, that should go live this weekend for Extreme Rules if you want to hear me talk about wrestling. Uh, and then the real reason I didn't record on Monday like usual is because I went to go see Spider-Man Far From Home. Nice. Uh, which I feel I do this every damn time i see a marvel movie where i come out of a marvel movie and i go that might be my favorite marvel movie <laughs> uh, but spider-man i won't go into spoilers but from a visual standpoint it is my like it is amazing some of the stuff they do visually in this movie it's it's probably the 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 coolest looking movie that i've seen from them in a while uh Wish I could spoil it, but it's 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 such a good movie. There's so many good surprises. It's light. I needed a light Marvel movie after mm-hmm. uh, Endgame, uh, and they delivered that. There's still some darkness because it does take place after Endgame, but it, overall, it's such an enjoyable movie. And again, visually, it's just so impressive. Nice. Uh, some of the cool things they did, and their their post their mid and post credit scenes answers questions for phase four but also leaves so many more questions of like there's so many different directions they can go i'm so excited and we still don't really know what phase four is going to look like we know what movies are coming out but we don't know what order and what other movies are going to come out to to pad phase four but i think kevin feige is doing a san diego comic-con panel so hopefully we get a better idea of what the future of the mcu looks like Mm -hmm. uh but Playing and watching, it's pretty much, it's been kind of a light week. The holiday kind of threw things off. Especially, you know, they make up for giving you some some kind of time off for July 4th. You, they make it up the day before and the day after. Right. So, yeah, a little extra work uh, this past week. Especially people like to really take vacations around <laughs> July 4th. <laughs> so if you're the one who didn't request time off, you get kind of screwed over. Right. Uh, but uh, let me just jump right into it. Um, my review of the the Astro uh, controller, uh, the C40 okay. uh, controller. Talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, this is the, I guess this is the PlayStation's version of like the Elite controller. This is their partnership with Astro of giving a esports level controller for playstation fans it is pricey just like the elite controller it's two hundred dollars uh what makes this controller special is the ability to customize it uh you with just uh an ellen wrench you just for four four screws take it off and you can swap out the thumbsticks the d-pad swap them around do the offsets or put different sets in a controller comes with uh a like rised or like you know the the higher sticks that you can put in there and it comes with a extra tall so it has like tall like large medium small uh height stick height 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they're the the ones that are on it is just that comes with it by default or the standard one. Right. The ones that you can add to it that it comes with are the the, the high sticks. Right. And then it comes with just like a backup small stick. Did you notice like an increase? like sensitivity or movement because usually like that the taller sticks are supposed to make it so like when you like usually you use it as a as an aiming device more than a movement device yeah i I noticed it a little bit different uh but i ended up going with comfort which was the the standard stick but i i could definitely see the advantage of using something like that it's just all about your comfort level uh the controller does have two paddles on the back uh, they're kind of right where the the handle grooves are, so it's kind of like a curved big button, uh, which takes a little bit to get used to, not accidentally pressing it because they're so big, which I was able to get used to, uh, but I can see that being kind of an issue because mm-hmm. some of those paddles, usually there'll be two paddles on each side and they're a little bit smaller, Right. but instead they went with just two big paddles, one on each side. Uh, but once you get used to that, the press on those is pretty pretty good. I it does take maybe like a couple matches of like Overwatch and Apex before I got used to not pressing them automatically. In order to uh put key or to map those buttons, you do need to hook it up to a PC mm-hmm. uh and download the the application, which uh they put the website on the instructions uh on Astro's website. Really simple app. There's two modes on the controller, or like two, like slots that you can do two different button layouts, and you just hit a button, so you can set the back paddles to different options, uh, which is which is nice. I mostly just use the face buttons on the back of them, so I never have to take my right thumb off mm-hmm. the uh, the right stick. Uh, so the app was really easy. There was a firmware update for the controller, which is just funny, just having to update firmware on a controller. I didn't really notice it change anything, but I'm sure it did something. Yeah, I had a lot of those on my Vantage when I was doing that. Yeah, which I wish there was an application on the PS4. I didn't see one. Like, yeah. I typed in Astro C40. No, there's not, probably. Yeah, uh, which really sucks if there's, like, an important firmware update or you just want to quickly swap the buttons you do need to go and use your pc which is kind of a shame uh, the controller is wireless with a dongle you can swap between wireless or wired comes with a pretty long i think it's just like maybe your standard like six uh, feet or whatever uh usb micro usb it, they actually did a really clever thing uh they put a plastic shell around the usb to where there's only uh, one way you can plug it into your controller, so you don't really struggle with the which way am I plugging this into my controller because right. it's only going to fit in perfectly one way, uh, which is a nice little thing to have. Just because I I probably damaged some of my yeah. regular DualShock uh, ports when I'm just like trying to jam the 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 port in. So I, I like that aspect. Um, the, uh, triggers themselves, they do have, you can make them hair triggers with a flip of a switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you shoot a little bit faster. I did like that, uh, aspect of it. Just, again, the ease of doing that is super simple. Just hit the, hit the trigger, uh, or hit the switch 
and you go from hair triggers to standard triggers. Really enjoy like the feel of the controller. The triggers feel good. I don't feel like there's they're gonna break anytime soon. This seems like a really solid controller. Like I, anytime you buy like a third party controller, you always have the worry of like how well built is this. It has a good weight. It has a nice rubber grip. I dropped it once or twice and was pretty confident that it didn't break. And luckily, it didn't. Uh, but I only dropped it like why sitting down on a hardwood floor so maybe mm-hmm. like fell three feet at the most buttons feel good the d-pad is pretty solid it's a little slippery uh but they do have other d-pads on their site for like twenty dollars uh which i'm kind of interested in trying them out just to see how they are they, they have a d-pad on their site that's just like uh like, like a, a solid circle like a disc yeah mm-hmm I'm interested to try that. Uh, I mean, that probably will be just as slippery because it's a solid disc. Uh, but I'm interested in trying that out and some of their other sticks. Uh, just because uh, one aspect I like is uh, with dual shocks. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I have sometimes the sticks will break. You know, like my oldest dual shock four, the sticks are kind of broken. And my option is to take it apart, which you're not really supposed to take apart a dual shock four. Uh, and try and clean it out or with the astro i just have four simple screws and they give me the kit to open it Mm -hmm. and i just swap out the sticks uh with either the long ones or i order new replacement sticks right and that's something that we've been um hearing quite a lot about in general with um you know heads with attachments like headphones and and controllers and things like that where like you know if one piece of a like an extremity, you know, like, or an attachment breaks, like now you could just replace that attachment. Astro sells like the headbands by themselves and you can just reattach your ear cups and everything to them. The cord that maybe gets ran over by your chair or gets stuck in your recliner when you, you know, shut your recliner on your, on your couch or whatever, like versus like, Oh, now the whole headset's done and it's garbage. Like, no, I just go, it, you know, there might not be the best prices in the world, but it's better than, you know, dropping $60 on another controller. If you can get a $20 attachment or something. Yeah, if I can get $20 sticks for when these sticks give away, if they give away. But they feel pretty solid that I don't think I have to worry about that. And because I can open it with ease, I can easily clean that. You know, if like, because that's usually what happens with DualShocks is like some gunk gets in there and you need to clean it out. Uh, this, I it's super easy. It's just a faceplate that I need to take out and then I can, you know, check from there. Weird, uh, it does have a touchpad. And it does have a little light indicator on the touchpad to see if you're connected or not. Uh, that seems to work pretty well. I haven't run into any games that didn't recognize me swiping on the touchpad. Because uh, some third-party controllers just don't really have touchpad support. Mm-hmm. You know, they just like. Or it's drop like super aspect. small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a. It's a pretty good size. It's it's pretty flush with the controller, uh, which wasn't too much of an issue. But I can see that being an issue for some people because uh, you know the dual sh- the dual shot touchpad kind of sticks out a little bit so it's not hard to to miss one thing i don't like about it is there's no battery life indicator on a ps4 mm. the battery life is 12 hours and it's pretty damn accurate as a 12 hour charge uh, i rarely have to charge this thing at least as much as i have to charge a dual shock which is probably like four to six hours uh or at least for me it seems like dual shock batteries are like six hours uh, this one, I believe, promises 12 hours, and it's pretty damn accurate. Like, I, I, I rarely have to charge the thing. 
um, and it has wired mode, uh, which is, you know, you plug it in and then you switch the, the dongle from wireless to wired and it works. Uh, you can't turn the system on with it just because mm-hmm. it, the dongle needs to be powered on. And rest mode didn't seem to work for me. So even yeah. if it was in rest mode, it wasn't enough power going from the dongle to the controller. Same thing uh, with so my that, Vantage. Yeah, so that kind of sucks. I, I, I'm I assuming because it's a problem with the Vantage and other third-party controllers, that's something on PlayStation's end um, that won't allow that to happen, which which is a shame. Uh, I really wish it had a power indicator just so I know. Uh, I will see the, the the little light bar that's on it occasionally flash orange which i'm assuming is low battery but i wish there was a little bit better of an indicator of like mm-hmm. hey your battery's gonna die uh because i don't want it to die during a match especially the, the when i say there's a light bar i mean it's just a little tiny line under the touchpad uh so it's really not that noticeable uh the built-in speaker is actually pretty good it seems to be a little bit louder than a dual shock speaker um which is funny though because i completely forgot the controllers have speakers because uh naturally i have all of mine kind of muted uh but for this one it wasn't muted uh and kind of kind of was it was a good sound Uh, i was actually actually kind of impressed again with that feature set um i did have the slightest bug but it's such an inconsistent bug that it's not that big of a deal for me when i plug a headset into it maybe i don't know one out of 15 times the headset will plug in and when it's wired wireless only and the whole controller will then disconnect for a second Hmm. and then reconnect and it's so inconsistent that i did it didn't affect me too much and it's not going to reflect too much in my review score because it was so inconsistent but i would notice that when i would plug my headset in headset would connect would get audio to my headset then within a couple seconds, it would disconnect. I would get the little indicator in the corner that said controller disconnected. I'll lose sound in my headset. Then the indicator will pop up a second later. Head uh, Controller connected, headset connected. Everything will be fine. Uh, and it would only happen when I plug a headset in. Uh, but luckily, I would... Usually when I play games, I'm plugging a headset in right away when I first start my console. Mm-hmm. So I would never have that issue. So that's something to be aware of if you're going from, you know, your TV sound to headset in the middle of a game. If you're in the middle of a competitive match, maybe do that before you start a game mm-hmm. just to avoid, you know, you know, getting shot because you quickly wanted to switch to headset. Uh, but again, that bug was really inconsistent for me. I couldn't get it to do it three times in a row. It would mm-hmm. be like. Because there was one point where I just kept plugging in uh, uh, my my headset into my controller, unplugging it, plugging it in, and it would just happen every once in a while. But it did happen uh, to where I'm sure that's just a bug that maybe they can fix in another firmware update. Who knows? It seems like there's been a couple firmware updates, maybe like one or two since the controller came out. So this could just be something they can fix later on. Uh, but its inconsistency might make it difficult for them to patch out. Uh, but overall, I really like this controller. Yes, it's at the the price end at $200. But if you're serious about having a quality controller, this is kind of the price you have to pay for it. Yeah. Because uh, in DualShocks aren't cheap anyways. You're paying like 65 plus tax. So if like you're in Chicago like me, it's like $75 for a controller. 
I, I mean, I feel like with, with these custom controllers, whether it's the Vantage or the C40 or whatever the next, you know, the other controllers are going to be, like a custom controller or control freaks or whatever, um, that, you know, you're spending, you know, 160 to $200, like, that's three dual shocks, and if this lasts you longer than three dual shocks, and for me, like I'm lucky if I'm getting a dual shock to last me six months before I'm like, okay, I'm starting to notice some things that I might need to think about, you know, adjusting. Um, I think that the value is there, and then you know yeah. it's comfortable, and you know it works, and it's it's set up to how you want it. Yeah, and and this has become my default controller. Uh, the battery life is excellent. Uh, the feel on it, I just really like the weight. It's, it's a good weight. It's not too light, not too heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before I used these type of controllers, I would laugh at the idea of back buttons. Like, that's like, why do we need that? That's ridiculous. But right. playing games, having the reload on the back button where mm-hmm. my middle finger naturally rests is kind of change. Like, it changes the way you play some games. Uh, I'm no longer taking my, my thumb off the right stick, which is usually aiming... I'm able to just swiftly, you know, like easily reload and aim at the same time without having to change everything, especially when you get into competitive games where it can get very twitchy. Uh, That's nice to have. Uh, So the feature set on this is strong. There's only small things that I wish they can fix, like uh, that headset uh, bug that I I seem to find. Uh, The power indicator and mm-hmm. the ability not to turn on the system and yeah. also i wish there was an application on the ps4 but overall i think it's really good and i'm going to score it an 8.5 nice uh so it's become my default controller uh and probably something i hope lasts me a very long time i've been using it about a month uh, and haven't run into any uh, major issues with it physically and i dropped it a couple times of course i dropped them on purpose so it hasn't had a natural drop. Uh, <laughs> Let me just... just cause it, well, we, we get it for review, and it's one of those things where I want to make sure I at least do it. And since I didn't pay for it, I'm willing to just, you know, drop it in the middle of, of a game session just to see, like, okay, let's see if these hair triggers, when I have them set or I have them to their loosest setting, if I drop them, if that's going to be an issue. Right. Uh, I'm willing to take that chance. Uh on it and it, after a couple drops I didn't find any issues um, and the battery life has held up because I've had controllers that the battery doesn't last too long and I've accidentally left it charging overnight in rest mode mm-hmm. several times and that didn't seem to diminish the battery right. with like overcharge and I think I have my USB ports to like charge for six hours in mm-hmm. rest mode uh, so yeah pretty solid controller I really like it so nice. there we go all right, uh, we're going to jump into Ask PS Nation. So you can send us questions on Twitter, Facebook, emails. You can email us, podcast at PS Nation, or you can just use the hashtag on social media, Ask PS Nation. So Jason writes in, uh, what is your favorite sports, uh, what What are your favorite sports teams slash games non-racing? Um, I mean, for me, I mean, I was, you know, obviously I've been born and raised in Detroit, so um University of Michigan, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Red Wings. When I was a teenager, uh, the Red Wings were dominating the NHL for five or six years. Um, you know, I've lived through two um, many dynasties for the Pistons, um, early 90s and um, you know early 2000s. And then the Tigers had their 10-year run too. So that's always been, you know, good. 
2005 to 2015. So I've you know I've loved that. So those are my teams usually. Though. Yeah, for me, I, I'm Chicago. I'm a '90s baby, so the Bulls. I, I got to see the Bulls at their best, and I've seen them struggle. And I, but I also got to see Derrick Rose's like magical MVP season. So the Bulls are probably my favorite team, uh, followed by the White Sox. Um, I'm a North Sider, but I've always identified kind of with the White Sox. My first game was at uh, Comiskey Park, so that kind of. I think whatever stadium you go to as a kid, yeah. that tends to end up be your favorite team. Uh, so uh, the White Sox for sure, especially I, I always like the underdog and in Chicago, they've always just been considered the underdog. Uh, and I was in high school when they won the uh, the World Series. Uh, so that was, and I was at a, a Northside high school. So it was kind of fun being like the White Sox fan in a all Cubs school. <laughs> uh, so White Sox uh, for football, I don't like the Bears. Uh, I'm actually kind of a Patriots fan just because I like Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's like the greatest quarterback of all time, um, which I'm sure that bothers some people. Um, but I never liked the Bears just because they never shut the fuck up about the Super Bowl that they won in the 80s. Like, never shut up about it. It's like, cool, fantastic. What have you done since? Um, uh, I don't like the Cubs just because the Cub fans. So I, it's not that I hate the Cubs. It's just I don't like Cub fans. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because Cup fans tend to be like drunks, and hockey, I like the Blackhawks. Uh, but like a lot of Chicago people, um, I didn't like the Blackhawks until they started to win. But that's not because of bandwagon. It's because the Blackhawks literally weren't on TV until they started to win. There were no televised games until uh, probably around when Patrick Kane. Uh, was drafted mm-hmm. is I believe the first year they were on TV when you got the former Red Wing coach to be your GM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was just Bowman, weird. So. We 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 could never see the games uh, because apparently the uh, Blackhawks owner at the time still the same owner f- now, right? Yeah, but they uh, ended up getting uh, one of the operations people from the Cubs to come over, and then he basically told him like TV's important. Like the, the the Blackhawks owner, I believe his whole thing is if they're on TV, no one's going to come to our games. Yeah. But it turns out when you're on TV, people know you exist and then they'll go to your games. Uh, so right around when like Patrick Kane and, and, and Taze came over, that's when I started to watch. And it just happened to be when they, you know, were on the verge of becoming like a dynasty for a couple years or almost a dynasty. I don't know if you can consider them a dynasty. They had yeah, a good they run. Won a couple like then they win like two cups two cups at in like four years i think something yeah. like that uh, so that's when I, I i got into uh hockey and also that was also right around the time hdtvs became a thing you could actually see the puck yeah basically <laughs> once you could see the puck it, it, it's game changing uh and then the second part of the question like favorite games uh mlb the show i'm like i haven't played in like two years but mlb the show uh and blitz which I almost bought Blitz because I was at a used game store uh-huh. uh, this past weekend because uh, Sarah needed a new Game Boy SP. Uh, <laughs> she uh, she wanted to play uh, the Final Fantasy games uh, again, and we went to a used game store, and I, I had NFL Blitz for the PS1 in my hand, which I don't even remember if that was a good version because I only played it on N64, but I was this close to, to picking it up just to play Blitz again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Blitz is probably my favorite football game besides game day uh because i was a game day person more than i was a a madden uh player but 
after playing football in high school for one year, I kind of hated football. <laughs> so I like kind of stopped playing uh, football video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and I know you're a huge NCAA fan. Yeah. That was a thing. Yeah, that's first probably would be my my favorite game. Like that online dynasty and stuff like that that I did it was fun. Yeah. All right, you want to take the next question? Kind of leads. Yeah, this is uh, from Justin. We got some non-gaming sports-related questions this week. Um, thoughts on this year's NBA free agency, and who do you think will win a championship next year? Um, I think that all the players that the fact that Kawhi Leonard did not go to the Lakers really helps the entire league. He reset the entire league. Yeah, because if he would have gone to the Lakers, it probably would have been this year. Probably would have been game over, and for the Lakers winning, and the next year probably would have been. Uh, almost a guaranteed Nets Lakers Brooklyn Nets Lakers series because um, I think the Nets are going to when Kevin Durant's healthy again I think the Nets are going to be very very good um, I don't know <laughs> yeah but I, I mean theory. it's been interesting it's 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 the, this week is you know all the trades and the stuff that um you know like that they were able to accomplish or you know trade off of you know like Kawhi getting a trade initiated before Kawhi getting a trade initiated for Paul George from Oklahoma city to the Clippers being contingent of him signing with the Clippers. And then that, that not leaking out before he signed with the Clippers is amazing. And the, the rumor of why he chose the Clippers over the Lakers is because he secretly asked for magic Johnson to be at the meeting and magic Johnson immediately told the press that he was going to be at the Kawhi Leonard meeting. Apparently that uh, betrayed Kawhi Leonard's trust like there's so much drama that's like in the background of the yeah. NBA free agency stuff it's amazing but um I mean yeah it's 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 very cool it's like the, the watching you know the, this whole week like the day that free agency like started like just hearing all the, the stuff that was going on and the ESPN's like NBA specials and things like that but the, I mean the Clippers and the Lakers and the Rockets and the Warriors and then you know like just the Knicks like just crying into their own tears that they signed two or three players and the and, and the organization feels like they still need to come out and, and apologize when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving go to the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah, and just the fact that so Kawhi Leonard by signing with the Clippers makes the Clippers a contender. Golden he broke Golden State, you know, basically just Clay, you know, Toronto played Golden State, Durant got injured. Not that you can blame that on Kawhi, uh, or Clay and Clay Thompson got injured. So like the Warriors, they're kind of broken up because they're fractured, and Clay Thompson might be out for a year. He pretty much uh, is, yeah. Yeah. Um, Durant went over to Brooklyn, so Brooklyn has a chance, though they're a year out, and I don't know if that's ever going to take off because I I don't trust Kyrie Irving. Um, the Lakers didn't get him, so they had to make different moves. the The Lakers don't seem like a guaranteed win. He broke up Oklahoma, and now Westbrook is looking to get traded. Like, he completely – and Toronto might not be a contender next year. He completely rebalanced the league. One dude, yeah. like, changed the whole landscape of the NBA. It, it's crazy. This was, like, the most exciting thing. This is going to be more exciting than the actual season will be. Yeah, I mean, um, I think his name is Wojciechowski for ESPN. Like, he was, like, the number one trending person, like, on all of Twitter. Yeah. 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 (laughs) On all of Twitter for, like, 72 hours or something like that because it was just, you know, it was just fascinating. Even if you don't follow basketball, like, just the, like, the, how much was happening in those, in that 48 hours is, it's hard not to pay attention to it. And even Mm -hmm. casual people know who Kevin Durant is and they kind of know who Kawhi Leonard is and stuff like that just from, you know, the, you know, all the stuff that, 
the press conferences or you know just finding out things and you, like the stuff that Kawhi did like that shot that he hit against the, the Philadelphia 76ers to, in game seven like that's that kind of stuff that gets like on national news like even if you're not paying yeah. attention to sports it's still kind of put in your face so. mm-hmm. I almost want to pick up 2k20 now <laughs> when that comes out all right um and our last question of the night um Ali Sean says, we see companies like Insomniac and Guerrilla Games step back from what they are known uh, for, for. Uh, to to make something different. Spider-Man and Horizon as examples, but it was late in the PS4 cycle. Do you think that we will see more of this with PS5 around the corner? Um, also, what companies would you like to companies would you like to see do a different besides the norm? Um. I think we'll see the same cycle because Gorilla's next game will probably be Horizon 2 and Insomniac's next game will be Spider-Man. Right. So we'll probably see the same cycle of we'll get sequels at the beginning of the next generation and then at the end or middle mm. of the next generation we'll get to see them try new things. I think that it's going to sound kind of like a cop-out but like even with Sony Santa Monica rebooting God of War that's not the God of War that we played for, you know, on the PS3 in terms of like gameplay and camera location and and how you played it. And, you know, it, it wasn't like the hack and slash and, you know, pop, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So I feel like they were able to stay in their lane and still make something different. Um, and then I think Sucker Punch is doing it with Ghost of Tsushima is very, very mm-hmm. different from Infamous. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Studios, I would like to see something different from, but I would love. To, I think that I haven't played very many of them, but I would love to maybe see Rocksteady, Rockstar, not Steady, Rockstar make a linear story-based game. Right? Wouldn't that be interesting to see? Just them put their horsepower behind a linear, non-open world. Yeah. Game that would that actually would probably be at the top of my list. Um. Or Rocksteady do something not Batman related. Yeah. But even then, I feel like that even if they didn't, like, I want Rocksteady to make a four-player open-world Ninja Turtle game. I think that would just be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. I would really love to see, it's still, I would love to see Sony San Diego do another sports game, not, another sport game, not baseball. Like, if, mm-hmm. uh, even if it was basketball or football, like, because there's a lot of people, you mentioned 989, I think there's a lot of people from 989 that work for Sony San Diego now. Yeah, I think that's, most of them ended up just folding into to, to that when that company went down. Uh, yeah, I would like to see other people try uh, a sports game. Like, I, I want someone else to take the WWE license. Uh, so it's not really, I want to see Ukes do something different, I just want Ukes not to make wrestling games anymore. Um, I would love to see the Call of Duty teams make a non-Call of Duty game uh, because there's franchise or there's studios we just haven't heard from in a while. Like Raven, I love Raven. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish they would get a shot to do something uh, different, other than you know being Call of Duty backup squad or map pack team. Right. Uh, Infinity Ward. Uh, I mean, we don't know what the next Call of Duty is going to turn out like. But I would like to see them do something else. Uh, we're seeing Respawn do something a little different with the Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's still in their wheelhouse, but it's at least, you know, not a first-person shooter. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, 
since Star Wars universe, that could be interesting. Um, Dice, I would like to see Dice do some non-Battlefield stuff, though. When they've done non-Battlefield stuff, it's been like Mirror's Edge, which has been good idea, just not great overall mm-hmm. plan. Uh, but there's there's so many studios that we either haven't heard from that I'd rather see what they're doing. Uh, you know, like The Last of Us, I want to see them do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, Naughty Dog, like, what are they going to do after The Last of Us? Are we going to get another Uncharted? Uh, pro- probably not. Hopefully not. Not that I wouldn't play another Uncharted game. I just would love to see them do something different because I kind of put Last of Us and Uncharted in the same space. Right. Uh, just it's very Naughty Dog-like game. Uh, so I would like to see that, but damn it, now I kind of want to see that Ninja Turtles game. <laughs> it's, uh, I would really love to see them do something like that. So. Yeah. It doesn't even need to be co-op. Just give me a Ninja Turtles game. I mean, it would make the most sense, but yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so many uh, studios I, I, I want to see st- something from. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to see Nintendo do a game with good online. <laughs> any game. Yeah, any game. All right. Um, I think that that is it for the questions for the week. So, if, again, if you have questions, send, it to, send them to us through Facebook or Twitter. Hashtag AskPSNation. Don't have to wait for the tweets or the Facebook posts or anything like that. Just go ahead and just send them out. Um, you can you, you still email us, podcast at PSNation.com. You can go to PSNation.com, check the site out, hit up some of the forums. We're working diligently on trying to clean up the, some of the spam. Um, but we also have some discord servers as well. You can, you know, if you don't, if you aren't part of the discord servers, you can go ahead and request to join. Uh, there's a tweet. I will retweet it a couple times this week that has the invitations to it as well. Um, then, like I said, just go to the forums, get in the conversation on the forums and give us a like on Facebook. And that way you can you know, interact with us on Facebook when we post stories. You can follow us on Twitter. The main account is at PS Nation. Michael's account is at the first MJC and mine is at the Destiny Dave. I hope everyone has a great week. Um, we will hopefully have some more news and things like that for you guys next week. I, you know, I'm good for some crazy story breaking that's like, you know, big and important in the middle of July. Yeah. Um, in a couple of weeks, there is a remote chance that I might miss a show. I am going to Tennessee. I'm going to the Smokies on vacation with my family. Um, I do plan on taking my laptop and my microphone and things like that with me, but internet could be a problem. So we will be working on, um, an alternative backup plan. So Michael doesn't have to be solo. <laughs> that might be me and Sarah talking about RPGs. <laughs> so, but, um, other than that, I hope everyone has a great week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yep, see ya.